Let me know if this sounds like you. You're a teacher who's at their wits end, burned out, or maybe you're just stressed to the max. You want to get on the road to burnout recovery, but you don't know what to do, how to get there, or if it's even possible. I hear you and I want to help, but we didn't get into burnout on the same path. So why should recovery be any different? That's why I wanted to share with you a brand new free resource that I have on my website. It's called the Personalized Roadmap to Teacher Burnout Recovery. In this quick, less than five minute quiz, you'll answer questions that will help identify your needs, your strengths, and your weaknesses. Once you've completed it, you will have access to the personalized roadmap to burnout recovery that's going to give you your next best steps to take on your recovery journey, packed with resources and support along the way. Head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash quiz or head over to the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to see your action steps along the way. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to episode 33 of the Resilient Teacher Podcast. We are officially in a brand new year. I am so, so excited to see what 2023 has to offer. I have a lot of big plans for this year. And since in last week's episode, we talked about the four burnout habits not to bring into the new year, let's turn that around and let's talk about how we're going to make this year burnout free and get you to living your life more than escaping it. Hey there, and welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast, the podcast giving overwhelmed and burned out teachers inspiration, sustainable strategies, and reigniting passion for teaching. I'm Brittany, a special education teacher and teacher resilience and retention strategist, and I am on a mission to inspire educators to prioritize their mental health and individualize their self-care routines so that they can live a balanced, fulfilling life as an educator while making a bigger impact in their classrooms and communities. Each week, I'll be sharing tips, strategies, mindset shifts, and discussing hot topics in teacher resilience with other knowledgeable experts so that you can ditch the overwhelm, prevent burnout, and create the life you've been dreaming about. So let's get started, and let me remind you that you too are a resilient teacher. Before we get into this episode, I want to thank you really quickly for hanging out with me today. Whether you're riding in your car on the way to or from work or hustling in the classroom on your planning period, making dinner for your family on your afternoon walk, wherever, it really means a lot to me that you're here and investing in yourself. Seriously. Like I'm obsessed with empowering educators to make big changes in their lives in the system so that we can be happier, healthier, and just fulfilled, you know? Plus, it makes a big difference to our students and our future generations. So if you've listened for a while, I would absolutely love it if you would write a review on Apple Podcasts just to show your support and, you know, screenshot your favorite episode, share it on your stories or your socials so that we can get in the ear holes of more educators. I spend a lot of time making sure that I can bring actionable, relatable content to educators because I have such a passion for empowering us and making these big changes. So your support and your feedback mean a lot to making this podcast your go-to for validation, support, pick-me-up strategies, all that good stuff. I also want to remind you that last week we had a vision planning party inside the free Resilient Teacher community on Facebook. This was exclusively for the members of the Resilient Teacher community, and it's a powerful alternative to those New Year's resolutions that I'm not a huge fan of. So if you haven't joined us inside, come on over, hang out with us. The whole purpose of this community is for you. 
It's for the listeners of this podcast to have a community and to remind you that you don't have to face burnout alone and that seeking support from others is so transformative. So don't be afraid to reach out for help when you need it. It can be really difficult to find this community, yes, but that's why the Resilient Teacher community is here so that we can connect with other like-minded educators. We can find that community that we need, even if it's not our school building. And building this community of support is a huge vision of mine. And it's a great starting point for developing healthy coping mechanisms that can really combat the effects of burnout. And we want to provide the sense of belonging, a healthy sounding board, that validation. So if this sounds like something for you, we would love to meet you and connect further. You can head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash support squad to check it out and get in on that. So when we're talking about making 2023 a burnout-free year, we have to we have to set this intention that we have the capability to be in burnout recovery. I I think so many educators believe that winter break or spring break or summer break is going to cure their burnout. And that couldn't really be further from the truth. It's not the break that's the magic cure-all. Taking a break is great, like for recharging your body, your mind, no doubt about that. But if the underlying causes of burnout are not also addressed, it's really easy to slip back into feeling overwhelmed. I even talked about how being addicted to stress can really impact you getting the rest that you need on break on TikTok. But even if you did get some good rest, even if you were able to regulate your nervous system, when we're stepping back into this new calendar year and we're heading back into the classroom after this much needed time off, there can be these new challenges that make it hard to properly recover, like having lots to catch up on or adjusting all over again. And I cannot tell you how many educators I see that when we return, they say, oh my God, the break just wasn't long enough. Or why am I so exhausted? Like, I feel like I hardly got any rest over the break. And honestly, you know, maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't let themselves truly rest, or there could be some other things going on as well. So I want to talk about three things specifically and give you some strategies to overcoming that back to school after winter break challenges that are really important to ensuring that we can begin and then stay in recovery this school year. So first off, returning from break, it can set off your fight or flight response. So we need to ease back in. So many teachers struggle with exhaustion, right? I still struggle with this on occasion. So please don't feel like you're just alone in this. And if you followed me on TikTok or Instagram, you've probably seen me talk about this before. But if you left your classroom, if you left your building, what have you, before winter break, more than likely you were in the stress cycle. There were rowdy kids. There were holiday parties. It was survival season, which I discussed about in episode 26 with exposing those stages of burnout, which I'll drop in the show notes. But when we leave an environment like our classroom or our school building, when we're in that stress cycle, our brain creates a pattern and connects that environment to stress. Therefore, when we come back to that environment, it inadvertently sets off our fight or flight response. So what can we do to kind of mitigate this stress response just from returning to work? The thing is, that being burnout free in 2023 is going to mean that we're being more proactive for your burnout and stress triggers rather than reactive. So let me say that again. We're going to need to be more proactive rather than reactive. So instead of experiencing that burn the day you return, we've got to do some things that first week back. Now, I'm not telling you to plan the week out, you know, either on your break. Remember, work life boundaries, friends. 
But there are three things that you can do this week that will just kind of set you up for regulating that stress response. And the first thing is meal prepping. You can meal prep for your week and just make a promise to yourself that you're going to feed your body. Take your lunch, eat a healthy breakfast, or even just like a smoothie or a protein shake. Like that's my go-to as of recent. Because if you're sitting there and you're taking that double shot of espresso and you're living off of caffeine, you're skipping your lunch, and then you're binging when you get home, your body and your nervous system are not being set up for success. Nutrition really plays a significant role in regulating your nervous system. So the food that we eat can really have an impact on our overall health and well-being. We want to provide those nutrients that we need for that proper nervous system function. The brain and the nervous system require a variety of nutrients to really function properly, including those amino acids, the vitamins, the minerals. So really focusing on consuming a balanced diet that includes all of the things that we need can really help to ensure that you're getting all those nutrients that you need for that optimal nervous system function. You see, certain foods and nutrients actually have a calming effect on the nervous system and can reduce stress. For example, like complex carbohydrates, like whole grains, legumes, those can help to increase the production of serotonin, which is a brain chemical that promotes feelings of calm and well-being. If you need more support with this, I highly recommend episode 23, where I chatted with Bree Bill Dawn. She is a registered dietitian, and we discussed feeding your energy in and out of the classroom. So I'm going to drop that in the show notes as well. And then the second thing I recommend you doing to really combat this fight or flight is getting enough rest. Okay, like actually prioritizing your sleep and improving your sleep quality. Getting enough sleep is important for really proper functioning of our nervous system, our bodies, and nutrition really plays a role with that sleep quality too. For example, if you're like eating foods high in tryptophan, like turkey, right, it can help you to increase that production of melatonin, which regulates your sleep. So while we can't command our bodies, like don't be in fight or flight when we return, we can set our bodies up to be able to regulate. Fueling our bodies with the right nutrition and support really helps us manage these stresses that are associated with transitioning back to work after winter break, and we can stay positive, focused, and resilient. The second tip that I want to give is to begin creating a transition ritual from your work to your personal life. Now, we talked about in episode 28 about the truth about work-life balance, and if you haven't checked that one out, I highly recommend it as well. But transition rituals actually help aid you in work-life harmony and alignment. Like before I began my journey to burnout recovery, I had a very difficult time shutting off my work brain. When I would get my brain on something, it's like constant go, 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 go in that one specific topic. And it still happens, honestly. And research shows that just willing your brain to shut out work is really not possible. You can't be just like, hey, brain, no more work. All done. You know, this is why it's really important to begin creating these rituals to transition from on to off mode. It gives our brain a sense of closure. And now there are 
a lot of ways that you can do this. And as I always say, we're each individual and unique. So one transition may work great while others don't really work for you. But my first suggestion is to create your transition ritual by establishing a daily debrief. Just take a few minutes at the end of your workday to reflect on what you accomplished and what tasks or projects you need to focus on the next day. This is going to help you feel more organized and better prepared for the next day. This is also creating an intentional closure from your day so that you can enter your personal life. And for me, that's being a mom, a wife. The second thing is to set boundaries with technology. It can be really tempting to check your emails or your social media after work, but setting these limits around your screen time can really help you fully disconnect from your work and then focus on your role at home. Like consider setting aside specific times for checking your emails or your social media and make it a conscious effort to disconnect from technology when you're not working. Spencer Cotter and I really discussed a ton of boundaries um, in her episode in episode 15, but she specifically talked about ones that are focused around social media for teachers, and I think they're pretty life-changing. So that's another really good episode to go back and check out as well if this is something that you're wanting to begin. And then the third thing that I want you to focus on is moving your body. Not only is this essential method of releasing that stress and getting out of the stress cycle, but it's a double whammy because when we can't stop thinking about work, even with those boundaries and a debrief, it has to do with how we feel, that stress, right? Thinking about work, as one person has said, is like living your life inside your head. And that's not being connected to your body in the present moment. So when we do something physical with our body, we're grounding ourselves. So if you've listened to my interview with Jen Manley in episode 11, you will remember that she said she created a system in her day where she would sign up for Orange Theory after work. One, it was getting her physical. Two, Orange Theory makes you sign up for a class. And if you cancel within, I think she said like 24 hours, they're going to charge her. So she had to make it to that class so that she wouldn't be charged. And she would leave her work at her contract time. Like that's a really good idea. And last, your nervous system regulation and those destimulization techniques are great ways to switch that on and off work switch. So this means leaving that work email off of your phone because please remember, you do not get paid to do that outside of your contract hours. And any seemingly urgent email is going to set off that stress response and get you back into your head. So that moving your body thing, that's helping with that destimulization. And it's also doing some deep breathing, being outdoors, even just talking about your workday before you actually walk in the door at home. These can really support you here for that transition as well. And so now that I've talked about what you can do to create a transition routine, let me kind of share with you about my transition routine. And it's for this specific school year. This school year, my daughters are both at a school that's within my district. They're enrolled in an after-school program because our days end at very different times. I work in middle school. They're both in elementary school. So before I pick them up, I literally call and talk to my mom or my husband in a parking lot after, about my day, and I get it all out of my system before I pick them up. When I pick them up, they usually also have to do this transition period where I ask about their days, what went well, who they played with, what was difficult or challenging, what they learned. And so our ride home lasts about 20 to 30 minutes. So typically they spill about their day after I've already spilled about mine. So I've kind of like washed that away. And then they want to unwind by listening to their earbuds and some tunes. 
I then switch to my podcasting, which I usually choose something kind of uplifting or personal growth that really gets me in the mindset to begin my home duties. That's my transition time. You may need to change yours according to what time of the year it is or what obligations you have, but just creating something that transitions you from work to home brain is really going to make a big difference. So the third thing is we want to, when we return back into our buildings, we want to choose to make your lesson plans or your planning as simple as possible. So what do I mean by this? This means instead of starting your week back to school with a bang, remember that your students have also been on break. It is okay to ease back into your usual schedule. If you have a schedule, great, but you don't need to be planning lessons before coming back into the building. Boundaries. Remember, listen, truly getting back into the swing of school can be a daunting thing for both students and teachers. So we want to make this type of transition as smooth as possible. Easing gradually back into content is really the key. Taking time to review previously learned material really helps remind our minds what we already know. Not only is it helping us retain that information more easily, but it also helps our students build that confidence back in the classroom. Additionally, by slowly returning to curriculum preparation during class times, it means fewer surprises for teachers who may have had unexpected absences or need extra planning time, facilitating an open environment that really encourages learning from everyone involved. So instead of You may want to choose those low prep activities, things that don't take a lot of prep time to get your students easing back into their school schedule. We don't want to go all in to a new project or something like that. If you have time to review your before break lesson plans, you can see if there's anything you can review from that time period or maybe even activities or things you didn't get to. And you can use those. Make use of those resources, those materials that you already have instead of starting from scratch. We want to see if we can use resources or materials that we already have on hand to really plan those lessons. And this is going to save you some time and effort. You can also get your students involved in the planning process. Like ask them what topics really spark their interest. We can find ways to include that into our future lesson plans. We can take a poll. We can get students to elaborate on why they want to learn particular topics. Not only is this going to keep everyone engaged, but it's also going to create a shared sense of ownership when developing those curricula. Making learning more fun for everyone, right? Something like a week-long Genius Hour project where they spend time using what they've learned thus far to apply it to something they want to learn, that's another really good option as well. Just reviewing and reinforcing that previous content, we want to ensure that our students are retaining what they learned, right, and are ready to move on to new material as we ease into this week. Setting those expectations and establishing routines, like think about it, the return of the term is your chance to get a jump start on success. Setting those expectations and creating a healthy learning routine now can really help students hit their stride for the rest of the year. And it's an excellent opportunity to create that positive, productive environment in the classroom. Building relationships and fostering a positive community culture. These are all ways that we can ease back into the week. You know, after the fun and the relaxation of break, it's time to kind of get back into that routine. So why not use this opportunity to strengthen those relationships with those students? Connecting through activities like getting better acquainted, setting term goals together, or discussing classroom rules are great ways to make sure everyone feels valued as well as 
foster that positive culture. You could also use this time while you're easing back in to assess student progress and needs. Getting back into the swing of things is really tough, right? But we can use this time as an opportunity to check in with your students, see how they're doing, see where their strengths lie so you can give them more guidance or support where it's needed. Those formative assessments are great for getting feedback that are really going to shape future instruction. Plus, individual conferences go a long way towards praising successes and addressing any gaps too. So really easing back in with these assessments make the rest of the quarter or semester planning easy as well. And then planning and preparing for the rest of the term. Jumping back into the new term can be overwhelming. Yes. So it's a perfect time to really plan for that success. Taking the time to review, revamp, your lesson plans. Gather all of those necessary supplies that you need from now until June. You know, extra highlighters, you know, collaborating with your team members. This preparation is going to ensure that the semester is smooth sailing as possible. And then another idea is to work on time management organization, really teaching your students strategies for managing their time and staying organized during these first couple weeks back is going to help them feel more in control and less stressed as well. So this can involve activities such as setting goals, creating a vision like I did with the Resilient Teacher community on Facebook. I even have a resource for doing this with your students, and I'll link that in the show notes as well. But creating schedules, using tools like to-do lists, planner apps, those types of things. This is just something simple that can really make a difference for you as their teacher in the long run, but also give them strategies for improving for themselves. You know, mindfulness and relaxation techniques. Teaching students mindfulness and relaxation techniques such as deep breathing, progressive muscle relaxation, guided imagery, these can kind of help them cope with the stress and reduce the anxiety while providing you the opportunity during your class time to get that much needed nervous system regulation as well. You can use the free breathwork guide for burnout recovery techniques if you have that, or you can head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash breathwork. That way you can grab your copy, teaching them coping strategies for managing change and transitions can really help them feel more prepared and resilient, but it's also really allowing you the opportunity to have that nervous system regulation in your classroom. Taking a break is essential for regrouping and renewing. So don't feel obligated to plan lots of activities or jump right into a new curriculum after the time off. Just Focus on being in the moment with your students, remaining present. It is the perfect opportunity for you to reconnect and to ease back into the new year. So all in all, I want you guys to know and be completely 100% honest with you. Our breaks from work are absolutely necessary. When we can rest, when we can rejuvenate, it truly does allow ourselves to begin that burnout recovery process. But big butt here, if we jump right back into the chaos and the stress patterns that we've been used to, we're not going to get a different result. That is why I recommended these small but powerful changes so that we can begin to move forward towards burnout free in 2023. Allow yourself time to really ease back into work after winter break, both mentally and physically, creating those rituals that help you transition from your work life to your home life so your body and your mind can adjust accordingly. These are also great for maintaining those boundaries. Listen to what your students are saying and try not to overload them with too much content all at once. Just gradually easing back into the school year is going to help everyone be more successful. 
I'd love for us to begin a discussion about this. So what other tips do you guys have for a smooth transition back to school? I'd love for you to share them over in the Resilient Teacher community on Facebook or on social media by just screenshotting this episode and sharing on your story. Seriously, I want to chat with you guys. And these small actions really support the podcast. Remember, even though our break is over, you're still a resilient teacher. We are in this together. You've got this. Before you go, head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash podcast to check out any links, freebies, and resources discussed in this episode so that you can start recovering from or preventing burnout and reigniting your passion for teaching. If you liked this episode and it helped you or made you think in any way, I know it will be for other educators too. So subscribe and leave a review so more educators can find this community as well. Did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the teachers in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to and tap me and post it in your stories. What do you say that we start creating a trail for more teachers around us so that we can start to make the change in the system of education, how teachers are seen and respected, and for ourselves? I look forward to connecting with you more on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to chat more about burnout, resilience, and teacher support. I'll see you in the next episode.